0: it is now time to experience the buzz a podcast that takes an inside look at amazing people doing amazing things get ready for some great conversation that will be fascinating educational and inspiring we will also leave room to help small businesses in a big way now here's your host entrepreneur steve buzzard Hello
1: everyone, whether it be good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this incredible world of ours, thank you to tuning in to experience the buzz. Always get excited to deliver a new episode for you, and today we dive into the world of mortgage with Matt Gouget. Matt is a dynamic guy whose story I know you will enjoy. But before we get to that, let's find out what's the buzz. First of all, happy to announce that sponsorship opportunities are now available. That's right. It's official. Visit buzzardball.com and join our sponsor team that already includes House Real Estate, R5 Stitch and Print, and Pit Moss Jerky maximized as well as customized exposure is available for your business with four different packages you can check them out on buzzardball.com in the banner simply click the become a sponsor link it is purple and you can check out what is available and fit your needs experience the buzz was created to highlight and support entrepreneurs and small businesses right here in the sacramento area and of course i am here to make that happen for you Looking ahead to future shows, I am really excited to bring you part one in a series of our sponsor spotlights as I bring you three amazing real estate agents from 10 Columns team at House Real Estate. So get ready because coming your way is Tina Souter, Katie Simpson, and Kim Squalia. They are going to be awesome. And with it already being in the middle of April, I wanted to let you know that I have a big announcement coming down the pike in May that I'm excited to share, and I'll leave it at that. Stay tuned. (laughs) And lastly, as a listener of Experience the Buzz, I would love and gladly welcome your feedback on the podcast, my goal as your host is to bring you top shelf interviews. Through this process, my goal is to continue to evolve and become a better host delivering the information that you want to hear. While I admit that these interviews truly represent the opportunity for me to go deeper with people I admire and respect, This show is ultimately for you, the listener, and I want to make sure that I am representing Sacramento in a great way. It truly is a great city. Now you are caught up on what's the buzz, and let's find out about today's talking story, episode number 28. Well, as an entrepreneur, one of the major goals is to find a need and then provide a solution. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Matt Gouget, who has done just that. He is Matt the Mortgage Guy. He has a YouTube channel with a cool intro. He has a caricature of himself. Matt even has a jingle for his business, my kind of guy. But here's the best part. Whatever stigma you have in your mind when it comes to mortgage lenders, well, hey, Matt wipes that away completely. He gets it, he understands, and that's why if I deal with another mortgage, Matt will easily be my guy to go to simply based on how genuine and authentic he is. Matt is all Sacramento, and I love that. Born and bred, knows the city, and loves what he does in the city that he loves. I'm confident that you are going to enjoy today's episode of Experience the Buzz close to 5,000 subscribers on YouTube by simply just educating the public on the mortgage world in layman's terms. It's episode 28 and today's talking story, Matt Gouget, better known as Matt the Mortgage Guy. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome in everybody. It is another edition of Experience the Buzz. The train keeps a rolling. We are highlighting, we are spotlighting entrepreneurs and small business owners within the greater Sacramento area. Been going strong for, gosh, now we're closing in on 30 episodes. Um, And I've got a guy with me that I know you are going to want to listen to because he's going to talk mortgage. And before you go, oh, no, mortgage. Oh, (laughs) wait, I... Believe me, mortgage in a fun way. We got Matt Gouge. Matt, how you doing? Welcome to Experience the Buzz.
2: I'm doing great. Uh, Happy, happy, happy to be here, Steve, and I'm happy to inject a little bit of life into mortgage. Like you said, it's not always a fun topic. People don't get excited to talk mortgage, but um, you know, the the home, you show them the home and and, and show them the end product, they'll get excited about it. And I'm your ticket to get that home for most people that have to use financing.
1: Now let's talk about how we met. We met through Buzzard Ball. Buzzard Ball, I just call it my hub for meeting people, and uh, you would actually approached me. You were a new parent. Uh, your child was going to be playing in buzzard ball. And you said, Hey, I'd like to do sponsorship. And I'm like, great. And it was Matt, the mortgage guy. And admittedly, I'm like, okay, great sponsor. Didn't look too much into it. Uh, but when we were, I was getting ready for this interview, I jumped on YouTube and I watched, I literally binged on your videos. nice, I was like, nice. this is so good. And, uh, you know, I wish I would have looked at it a lot earlier, but uh, I, I'm so glad I did. And so basically just maybe introduce yourself to the people that are out there listening and kind of what you're doing, because I mentioned mortgage, but you do it in a very fun way And uh, you speak to the layman. And that would be me with two hands raised up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, which most people are. I talk to somebody and they're a great firefighter. They're a great police officer. They're a great nurse. Whatever they do in their day job, be good at that. Don't try to be good at mortgage. Leave all that stuff to the professionals. I'll guide you along. And so, you know, you mentioned the YouTube channel, so I won't miss an opportunity to plug it. Matt, the mortgage guy on YouTube. What I've done for years and years is just try to put out educational videos on mortgage in a simple, Easy to understand format. My wife slapped me across the face, probably didn't slap me, but basically, early in my mortgage career, I'm a math nerd. And, you know, I would get into conversations with people and I would use big, fancy terms. My wife said, please, for the love of God, talk to people like you're talking to my grandma. You know, even the word mortgage, sometimes it's like, hey, home loan. I'm going to help you with your home loan. It's a loan to get your home. And with everything I do, if I understand it well enough to be able to explain it in simple terms, then then I'm doing, doing my job. And for most people that might do it one, two, five times max in their whole lifetime, they're not going to be an expert on it. So if they come across their mortgage broker, their mortgage professional every five or seven years, I want it to be an easy to understand process. And I've learned that if I have the same conversation over and over and over again, it's a question that people have for for their mortgage professional. So if I make a video on it and like the pros and cons of a cash out refinance I made in 2017, it's got a hundred thousand views. People want to know what are the pros and cons of a cash out refinance. So I, I was doing that really just as, um, a, you know, a passion project or for fun and to and to help me kind of ingrain some of these guidelines for myself. So I'd become a better mortgage broker. And then fast forward a few years, anything you do that brings value to the market inevitably. It, re- it returns, you know, business. And so now I've got it to the point where, you know, a hundred thousand plus views per month, people all over California are reaching out for mortgage, which to be completely honest, that was never my intention. But now that, now that it's happening, why not enjoy the ride? Right. And so, um, a quick little snapshot to, for, for me and my journey to mortgage, I grew up in Sacramento, born and raised over by Sac State and college Glen. I've been there my whole life. And, um, Got an international business and a Spanish degree at Sac State. Um, a fun fact: I do you know the Longs, Ann and Dennis Long? Oh yeah, because because everything is like six degrees of separation, right? I do. I, I think it's two degrees, right? Because because I because <laughs> I know you're friends with Marquis, and I'm always taking my boys to Yo-Yo Yogurt, and she brought up the Longs one day. But when I was at Sac State, I was a nanny for the Long boys, and now they're you're in their twenties and they're all grown up and whatnot. But yeah, because um, it's Adam.
1: Adam Adam and and Chris. Yeah. Adam and Chris. Right.
2: right. Yeah. And so I I just think it's funny. Like if you live in Sacramento long enough, you're connected somehow, some way. So, um, went from working the front desk at at, uh, the racket club to nannying for the longs. And then I graduated and loved math, loved people. But when I graduated college, I was working at a local card room. You know where limelight is on a hamburger. Yes. Yes. Dealing cards there. And this was like the, the poker craze, right? Poker was super popular. And so that place was jamming. That place was buzzing. You were dealing cards at the limelight. Like the that limelight. Just, uh, it sounds right. like right out of a mob movie. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it was so much fun. So when I graduated, it just so it, like it kind of correlated with a, Hey, we need a manager for the card room. I'd been dealing there for a couple of years, having fun. I knew everybody. I enjoyed, you know, business and entrepreneurship and management. So I said, sure, manage that card room from 05- to like 2013, wow! So you know, eight nine years of having so much fun. I tried to buy that place in 2009, and Pete and Barbara Mikasich are, um, you know, Yugoslavian couple, of great people. And I, I think what it came down to is Pete never wanted to sell that place. He just, you know, it was it was his his baby. Oh shoot! What I do? I killed you're my good. screen. Killed your screen, I, but you're am still, I still there on your side? Just you just, are still rolling. Okay. Okay. I'm back on. I pressed, I pressed something on the keyboard. I got excited. Um, Darn technology. And so, so, you know, fast forward eight, eight or nine years at the card room, I kind of realized this wasn't going to be my forever job. And I've got a, I've got a degree business finance. And um, I went and worked for the state and did finance for the state of California. And God bless the 270,000 people that work for the state. I I couldn't do it. And um, I say that, I say that because I do plenty of loans for state workers and I've got my mom, my brother-in-law, tons of relatives that work for the state for me and like how I'm wired. I just can't do it. I've got to be moving. I've got to be shaken. I've got to be working with, with, with people. And I was literally working finance on a program and I was like in doing stuff that wasn't bringing me a bunch of joy. So anyhow, I was about a week away from, coming out of probation for the state. Like once you're, once you're there a year, you're kind of set and you'll be able to get hired back forever. And I told my wife, like, this just isn't for me. I'm not going to do this forever. And, um, at a birthday party for, uh, a friend's kiddo. And so it was a bunch of buddies hanging around. One of my buddies says, Hey, I'm going to get back into mortgage. He was in mortgage, went and did something else. It was coming back. And he's like Matt. Like you've always been the math nerd of the group. You've you've always been good with people. You've got a business mind. You work hard. And anything I've ever done since twelve, like I've worked. I'm not afraid of hard work. Like you'd be good at it. You should you should do it. And so it was right after my second son was born. So I've got a four year old and a six month old. I'm working. My wife's staying home and taking care of the boys. Uh-huh. So how good of an idea was it, Steve, to go from stable state job with benefits, hundred percent commission? All, you know, and, and that's like when people talk about burning the boats, like you don't get more burn the boats than like sole provider, hundred percent commission. The, the buddy of mine who opened the broker shop where I'm hanging my license right now tells stories from 2013 where I was brand new and I was working so much because it was either like, I've got to I've got to make this work that I would actually work two or three nights at the card room. Till two in the morning. And then I come and grind 10 or 12 hours of mortgage trying to find anybody who I could help. And so I would take these power naps underneath my desk. And oh, so he'd always joke about like, where's Matt at? Like, we know he's here, but he's underneath the desk sleeping. <laughs> um, and, and so that was my, my introduction to mortgage back in 2013, just, you know, hard work. And me and my wife joke a lot about it now because people ask me, Like, okay, you did 250 deals last year, 85 million in mortgage. Like what, where does most of your business come from? Or everybody really in business wants the secret sauce. Like what's the one magic? And it was, it was two networking meetings a week, two open houses per week, you know, hundreds and hundreds of phone calls. Like literally I did. 50 different things all at once and all of them consistently. The stuff that wasn't working would fall off. I'd add new stuff, but it was just hard work. And if if I look back at the progression, there wasn't any magic moment. It was like 27 loans, 50 loans, 87 loans, 100 and some, you know, and over time, you just work hard and provide value. Business grows. It's inevitable. But most people don't want to be told, hey, go do this for five years. My YouTube ex- like channel is a great example. I told myself starting way back in 2014, I'm going to make a video every week and I want to help provide value and education. I never, ever thought about monetizing it or getting business from it. Just create a video every week. It'll provide value. Some realtors will ask for a copy of the video, some prospective clients, I can send them the video and give them that information. And I made that mortgage Monday every single Monday for probably three years. And really, like if I look at my YouTube analytics, nobody was freaking watching. Nobody was watching. For- yeah, like three
1: likes, you know. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and and for and for five years. And then a crazy thing happens. You do something consistently for long enough. All of a sudden, boom, boom. And then it took six years for the first thousand subscribers. Then it took six months for the next thousand. Then it took two months for the next one. I went from four thousand to five thousand subscribers in the last sixteen days. Like this thing has got some, you know, some serious and it momentum. Ain't And and it's not stopping and I'm having fun with it. I really, um, enjoy being able to like, there's no way I can have the conversation with a thousand people at once all over California to tell them, you know, best practices, what they should know about buying a two to four unit FHA. But I make a video and you know, the good ones get 10,000 views in the first few days.
1: So much to unpack with this man. Let's do a reset. It's Matt Gouget. He is Matt, the mortgage guy. He is local. You heard, born and bred, went to Sac State. Um, And I, I two two things that I pull away from what you said. You said hard work, hard work, hard work. Hard work. You said it multiple times. Right. That cannot be understated, correct?
2: Right. I mean, that's that's the secret sauce. And that's the thing too, is like when I was making videos and people saw it, people would reach out to me, other mortgage folks. And I was doing the simplest of simple on iMovie. And I would have an intro and an outro. I'd plug my little video in and I'd post it. I'd show people. I could show you in 10 minutes. It's just a matter of doing it and doing it consistently. I talked to 100 people and I know zero people that are doing it. I mean, all, people will watch this and they'll be like, oh, you know what? 2021 making video that's probably like the consumer that i'm going after whether i'm you know selling two by fours or i'm selling you know mary Kay, whatever the heck you're doing if you can communicate in video you can communicate to thousands hundreds of thousands of people millions of people versus the one person on your phone call people still won't do it and i i, I it, it blows my mind because it's it's just what is almost necessary nowadays in business.
1: I totally agree. And, and that's the thing is it's the percentages go way down because like you said, you get to a certain point and people just drown out because they get too fixed on the numbers and they forget you got to continue with the hard work. And like you said, consistency. And right now, if you stay in the game, guess what? Things do happen, but you have to be consistent and you must work hard. Those two things, <laughs> you, right. you cannot bypass those, can you?
2: No, not at all. And, and one thing that I really like, I talked to loan officers when I was doing this much, I was talking to people doing this much. Then I did this much. I talked like, and so I love when somebody comes to me and they say, Hey, I'm brand new. I did 19 deals last year. What have you done? I will, you know, do whatever I can to impart the knowledge that was imparted on me as I, you know, got my start. But um, y- you have to be consistent. Where the heck was I going with this? I had you a point what? and I think hey, I lost hey, it.
1: rabbit hole. It's okay. <laughs> How, it's what, do you okay. Do? what do
2: you do when you lose your train of thought? you just like,
1: you know what I do? I just like it my mind is having it like its own little thing going on, but somehow I find my way back. Or it comes up a little bit later and I go, Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I'm, I'm
2: gonna remember I had I had a good point because it was it was a piece of advice that I've that I've given a lot of folks and gosh, it'll come back to me. Okay, we'll circle back. back to you. Circle well, back and that that little thing will fire
1: my brain. You're you're gonna have that aha moment within <laughs> this within yeah. this podcast. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you was your takeaways from the two jobs that you that you named, because, I you know, I you know, you go back to your first job, either as a teenager, even as a nanny and stuff like there's so many things you pull away. And I know talking to my boys now, I'm saying every job you do, whether you like it or you don't like it, you are going to pull something away that's going to be necessary for you in the future. So what was your big pull away from being in the poker room, dealing cards and then working for the state?
2: Um, I think one of the things that, that I I brought away from the card room, one of the strengths that I think I have, one of the things that I think personally helps me in business is I can relate to all types of folks. Love and them. I tell people about the card room being a great experience because, you know, I grew up, my parents, truck driver, my mom worked in the cafeteria where I got free lunch, you know, and I went to Bancroft and Kit Carson and Sack High. I wasn't nice. there was there was no silver spoons. It was a plastic spoon from from Del Taco. When I, you know, when I was a kid, no, no silver spoons at all. But from that background, when I worked at Limelight, the, it's in a cool spot, right? Where like, you've got ESAC money, you've got Oak Park and Oak Park, you know, over the last five years, people think it's a, a fancy place, not necessarily all parts of it, but you know, we had from pimps and prostitutes to congressmen and everything in between And I think that I can relate to, you know, somebody who comes from humble beginnings. I can also, you know, talk with the guy who's a hedge fund manager or he's, you know, working down at the Capitol and taking that from the limelight, being able to, you know, have a conversation with everybody translates now because I do loans for somebody who's buying their first home and it's a $170,000 condo. And then I help somebody buy a $2.4 million house. And to me... Valuing those people the same, just like I did in the card room. You're buying in for sixty bucks, and you know it's the last sixty dollars to your name, or you're peeling off from a stack of ten thousand. Your next thousand dollar buy-in, you're playing in a bigger game. To me, you know, Joe and Susie are are clients that that had the same amount of you know respect, care, and service to, to them individually. And so, you know, that's that's been huge for me. And then when you get into business and you realize, like, you know what? If I wasn't thinking like that, little did I know that Susie was going to refer me, John, then Mike, then Tom, and then $700,000 in commissions. I, there's a cool story that I haven't forgotten. And, and Marguerite Crespio is a, is a real estate broker. She's out in, um, she's, she's either in Roseville or maybe she lives somewhere, um, I'm not going to be able to think of it, but she told the story. She'd been in real estate for 30 plus years. And she took on a listing for like a $40,000 HUD home. And people in her office kind of like poked fun at her. Like, why are you taking that little old $40,000 listing? Like you're an established agent. You don't need to take something like that. She tracked it. She tracked who that person referred. And it, and it was a, a million dollars in commission over the years that was referred to her through that little HUD deal. And so you know, it's the same thing with my business or anyone else's business. Like, you know, you should treat every client, not just because they're going to refer you future business, but you know, they they're all, you know, choosing to do business with you and providing value in, in, in different ways. Yeah.
1: Even if they don't, it's like, that's, that's your job that the, the customer service to me I know we've talked about hard work, we've talked about consistency, but my number one is customer service. And I learned a hard lesson. It's a, a story I've shared as uh, when I was basketball director early in my times. Um, you know, I had a parent call me and they were calling me out on something, and for some reason I got really defensive and I started yelling at her. Okay, and I get off the phone and my wife looks at me and she's like, "What were you doing?" And I'm like. Well, she made me mad because, you know, da, 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 me. Da, this and that, yeah, attacking me, getting <laughs> personal and everything. And I, I, you know, and she's all, Steve, don't you ever do that again? Like, shame on you, you know? Right, and right. In, in that moment, I had that light bulb moment where, you know what? The customer's always right. I don't care what. And even if they're not right, you treat them with love and respect because they deserve it. They're just the customer. There's always going to be those bad seeds, but you always have to hold yourself to a higher standard because- I will tell you, the people that get heated, when you treat them with kindness, it's amazing how much that situation gets diffused. And then that person, it almost like it turns their attitude like, oh, wow, I expected him to do this, but he did this. Wow, that was kind of cool.
2: Right, right. Yeah. I, and trust me, like in the high stress environment that is mortgage, because people, it's the biggest transaction of their life. Mm, and big. so they're stressed out. And I try to you know tell my staff, I'm never going to let somebody be abusive Towards my staff and I'll I'll be quick to fire a client, but more often than not, it's just, you know, if you take it from the perspective of they're not attacking me personally, they're stressed out because whatever they have going on in life compound on that, that they're in this highly stressful situation where, you know, they're, you know, making the biggest purchase of their life and that's stressful. You know what, what I've learned through some people sharing with me is I'll have somebody in a transaction who appears to be, you know, high strung and they're upset. And and I know now, like, I'm not going to take it personal. I I have really thick skin. Sometimes I'll take stuff that my support staff is dealing with and say, have them contact just me because I can take it, whatever. But then you dig in a little bit and you realize like this gal just lost her husband three months ago. Then it gets put into perspective, you know, we're going to grant that person some grace. And she's not mad at us. And then sometimes a real honest conversation comes about where it's like, hey, listen, you know, the way that you were you were talking to Michelle yesterday, um, we're trying to help you. We're all on the same team. We're trying to get you to the finish line. And then it comes out, hey, I'm dealing with this personally. I'm very sorry. I didn't mean it. You know, and then, you know, I've had clients that my staff was like, you know, the phone rings and they were like, I don't want to talk to this person who are clients now who are great clients. Refer yep. all their friends and great people. They were going through something at that specific period in their life where they were stressed out and they were taking out anger and frustration on us because it was what was in front of them. You know, us and this stressful mortgage transaction was what was in front of them at that time. They're good people. They don't they don't want to be mad or mean to us. But so um I always try to do all I can. And trust me, there's been a few exceptions where it's like, no, that's not acceptable. This person is just right. You know what over the line is, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. This person's meaning. And then even, even in that situation though, um, I, I'm a firm believer in like saying it gracefully. And I told somebody recently that, you know, how I've chosen to kind of set up my business. I just didn't think he was a good fit. And, you know, he just had a problem with everything we did, but some of the stuff we have set up is so that we can serve as many people as we do and that means uploading documents that means some stuff has a little bit of tech involved and and this person was really wanting different type of service and there's plenty of people out there that can provide it this is we're not we're not that we're not set up like that Matt Gouget,
1: Matt, the mortgage guy. That's what he goes by. We have gotten through segment one, which was a great opening segment, really unloading a lot, but yet we still have more to experience. So we're going to settle in after our break and we're going to talk more about the YouTube channel. Talk more about mortgage in general, because to me, yes, it is a scary word. Um, I will offer my own experience and then have Matt kind of bring me down to earth. And I think that's what he does for a lot of people through his work personally and through his work in the YouTube channels of being able to educate people. So. Big, big thanks for that. And of course, he's a Sacramento guy. So that's a plus right there. Want to remind you that this uh, podcast is brought to you by House Real Estate, our title sponsor, Tim Collum and his team at houserealestate.com. You'll hear a commercial uh, coming up in just a moment. And we also want to thank our five stitch and print, Troy and Jamie Rousey, and then Pit Boss Jerky, our official beef jerky, right here at Experience and Buzz. Of course, I'm talking about Pit Boss. Joe Green with 11 different flavors. All of these people, local, small town, right here in Sacramento. We'll take a break. More with Matt, the mortgage guy, when we come back around the corner. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying today's podcast. Experience the buzz. Want to give a salute to our title sponsor, House Real Estate, led by none other than Tim Collum. That's right. He was our First guest here on Experience the Buzz, and he too is also a title sponsor. HouseRealEstate.com, that's where I want you to go. If you're looking at buying or selling a home, look no further. This website will direct you exactly where you need to go. Tim Collum has a great team. Let me throw some names at you. Kim Squalia, Tina Suter, Kendra Nauer, and now Katie Simpson and Greg Berg. If you're selling, see what your house is worth. If you're buying, well, guess what? The team is ready to help you. The website, again, is on point with photos that pop, easy to navigate, and you'll look no further. Again, House Real Estate, title sponsor of Experience the Buzz. Like what
0: you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of Experience the Buzz by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now, back to the show.
1: Matt, the mortgage guy, it's Matt Gouget. What a great last name to nice Gouget, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you gotta love that. So you you went to Bancroft, you went to Sac High, uh, Sac State. I think that is so cool, uh, just being a Sacramento guy. Talk about Sacramento. It, it is interesting to me because I just uh, define it as a big city with a small town feel. And, and you kind of talked about it in that first segment where we talked about those degrees of separation, but it is pretty amazing when you run into people Somehow, you know,
2: right, right. Yeah. And it's funny too, Sacramento. Like I think about how Sacramento had this cow town. Remember, like everybody called us totally. a cow town. And I remember driving out to Arc Arena with my grandma. And, you know, Sacramento has come a long ways in the last 10 or 15 years to where I feel like it's getting the respect it's always deserved, right? As a, as a, as a true town, we've got great food, we've got, you know, great real estate, we've got all kinds of, of good stuff. But, um, for some reason we were, we were called the Cowtown and I always relate to that because I was a huge Kings fan growing up so I was going with my my grandma to Arco Arena and now I'm taking my boys to uh you know as, as soon as things get get back up and running season ticket holder at the at the new place but um yeah Sac- Sacramento's been a great place to live and you know what I I think about when I think about like Sacramento and like we talked about in the first segment where you know being around all types of different folks from My experience at when I was at Sac State, I went and studied one semester in Sydney, Australia, and then I went and studied three semesters in Mexico. And my mom used to fly for Delta, so I got to fly for free. So I flew to Europe like three different times during those years when, you know, not a lot of responsibility. And between 19 and 21, you could go off and, you know, you don't have kids and a job and and all that stuff. You can just get away People generally, when they see the world, they kind of like open up their view, like this worldly view and whatnot. And I feel like that helped me kind of like cement this feeling of like being in a place as diverse as California is the greatest thing ever because, you know, I grew up and I went to schools that were super diverse. And then I went and worked at limelight where I've got, you know, diversity galore. And now I work in mortgage where it's the same type of thing. I get to experience all these different flavors, different demographic backgrounds, different, you know, folks from all over. I remember when I was early in mortgage, I was tracking it and I was super proud that I could go down the list and be like, I worked with nine different nationalities this quarter, and I worked with you know the richest of the rich and and the, and the people that are brand new and just getting started and buying their first house. And that's something that's just it's neat, you know. It's it's something that it's hard to put a price on that. Just being able to um, experience diversity, not just you know with friends and and acquaintances and whatnot, but in your business too.
1: Well, and what I love too is you represent a segment of an occupation where you have one occupation, but within it, I believe you're an entrepreneur. I mean, you even spoke about it with your, you know, previous things that you did that led you to where you are now. And and I think that's very important because uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who I'm a big fan of, I actually, that's the only thing I disagree with him about is that when he talks about people that have so-called nine to five jobs, He says they do not know what being an entrepreneur is all about. I disagree with that. I think everybody is an entrepreneur, whether you have multiple things that you do, which is like me or someone like yourself, where you're engaged in this, you know, forum of mortgage. But yet you have taken it to a level because you're not the average mortgage guy. You have made it fun. I mean, that was my attraction to it is that when I started watching your videos and I started binging, I'm like, there's a reason because I wanted to be educated. And somehow you found that value and you found that need. Can you speak to that about being an entrepreneur within a so called nine to five job?
2: Sure. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I've always felt like an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I mean, since I was, I, I started at Kit Carson selling gum, I would get the 10 pack at Target for 99 cents. And so, I'd be able to sell them for 25 cents a piece and I'd go to $2 and 50 cents. So I'd make a dollar 50 profit on everyone. I probably, I don't know how many hundreds of those 10 packs I sold, but my mom was tired of driving to target and the principal shut me down, I think. But, um, that and paper routes and everything that, you know, I was just trying to make money. And it's funny looking back that when you're 13 years old, you know, what do you, what do you have to spend money on? I was buying parts for my RC car, but, um, I've always had, that mindset and it's probably why you know something as stringent as the state was kind of too confining for me because I agree with you that within something that some might call a profession or a 9 to 5 I can make it entrepreneurial and and really when I went from a direct lender to a broker back in 2018 I I stepped into a more entrepreneurial role because now I'm hanging my license under a broker, but Matt, the mortgage guy and my business and my brand. Now I'm an S corp. I'm hiring support staff for me and my business. And now I'm, I'm running it like a business, everything from the YouTube channel to um, processes I'm putting in place. I'm running a small business for all intents and purposes. And it's cool because I can step a little bit out of the mechanics of calculating your income, running credit, uploading a file, stuff like that, that honestly, the the entrepreneur in me, you're not going to get me super excited talking about calculating income. You're going to get me excited when I'm talking to somebody about buying their first property as a fourplex, as a 22-year-old, where they're going to live in one, rent out the other three. And so even, even within this, Steve, I've got real estate investing. I've got the YouTube channel. I've got some other things going on, right? And so um, I certainly consider myself entrepreneurial. And um, you know, I, I agree with you too, that there's plenty of people and I talk to them all the time. The people that I talk to more than anybody else because of the fact that I'm a mortgage broker are the folks that are in that nine to five. They got the entrepreneurial itch and they're interested in real estate and they call me and I'm the first one to tell them, don't don't quit the nine to five. Use that so you can qualify for the best financing that's out there. Let's help you build, you know, two, three, four rental properties that's going to add to your retirement fund. And now you go from a retirement that is golf once a week and watching, you know, Wheel of Fortune during the day to being able to, you know, take, go to Turks and Caicos and, and a Europe trip for a month because you've got, you know, eight or 10,000 a month in, in passive income versus just just what you're going to get from the state job. So um, I, I think you can be both. And I think that there's plenty of folks that, that like you said, some people would box them into the nine to five corner, but they've got some entrepreneurial spirit. When Before this call, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine, Mike Zuber, and he's got this book called uh, One Rental at a Time. And I appear on his channel every Wednesday talking about mortgage. But, um, you know, he was a W-2 guy that went from a W-2 job to owning 173 rentals that are now kicking off 25,000 bucks a month. And, and, and the funny part about it and the part that I try to like, like, you know, to my clients that I'm working with, normal people, normal people like Steve Buzzard and Matt GJ yep. are doing this stuff. It's, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, super complicated stuff. It's just a matter of taking action.
1: So with mortgage and everything you're talking about, because it's interesting you said that because I dabbled in the rental thing and I had to admit it was overwhelming to me. And and the funny thing is I love math up until I got into college because <laughs> when I got into college, I was like, I don't understand this anymore, nor do I want to, right? I just came to this complete stop. <laughs> and so when I had that opportunity to dabble in what rentals would be, I it was a quick stop for me. I get, I tried to give it my all, didn't work out mortgage, it's overwhelming to me. It's just overwhelming to me. My wife and I, we rented for nine years. We've been in the house. This is our first and only house that we bought. We've been here for 10 years now. Um, And even that process is kind of a blur to me. Like it happened, it worked out and it's all good. But we recently just tried to refinance. And again, I felt like my head was going to blow up. And listen, the person I worked with was incredible We didn't get to the finish line. And so that was a little frustrating and stuff, but still I was like, okay, maybe this was just meant to be. But talk about that because mortgage is like this heavy weight that I feel is on people's shoulders. And we do need people like you to kind of help talk us down and and let us know it's going to be okay.
2: Right, yeah. And that's the thing too, is that mortgage guidelines change a lot. And so sometimes people, you know, They believe something they read on the internet or they call me and say, oh, no, I heard this or no, I'm I'm sure I read this. That was true in 2017 or that was true in 2015. Things change. Things change a lot. And what's happening right now is things are getting a little bit more restrictive. Lenders, as you can imagine, look at self-employed borrowers and go, we're living in a time right now where I'm not sure if established businesses are going to make it, let alone someone who's self-employed you know, entrepreneurial. And so if you had a business that was thriving in 2019, in 2020, you were shut down through no fault of your own. And the business, you know, would have been successful had it not been for COVID, but you shut down for five months. It's really hard to have a lender look at that and actually give you the income that that business, I would say deserves, you know? And so I've got, you know, plenty of clients I'm working with. And I'm sure in your case, you had a lender that said, you know, this thing, has got a chance. Let's, let's plug it in and see if it works. And then for whatever reason, you know, being self-employed underwriters are, are, are trying their hardest. I promise you, I've got yes. clients right now, you know, from the card room industry because card rooms, you know, I've got plenty of, of friends there. They were shut down for four months. And so I've got clients that I'm trying to get refinances done for where the underwriter's saying, you know, they're out of work for four months, but we're still going to take the average for the whole year. If, if year to date is less than 2020, we're going to take the lower of the two averages. I mean, it might sound complex to people, so I don't want to make it too hairy, but just know that you find a mortgage pro that you like and trust, somebody that's, that's just going to shoot straight with you, and they've got to make your deal fit inside of a box. The powers that be, the Fannie and Freddie that make the mortgage rules just say, here's how we calculate income. Here's what your income versus your debts need to be. And if that works, then you can get a loan. The, the mortgage person is generally always on your team. They're trying to get you the finish line. They don't get paid unless your deal closes. Right. So if you work with somebody for 30 days and they can't get a loan done, trust that they tried their darndest to get it done. It yeah. just you know wasn't meant to be. And I've got plenty of people who self-employed that are just going to have to get their business back and show enough track you know, enough history for the lender to feel comfortable again. But things are changing. You know, 2011, we come out of the the housing crash. Things are tight. It's impossible to get a loan. And it like slowly but surely got easier. And then I think probably within the last couple years, it started to get a little bit more restrictive and then COVID hit. And now it's just, it's tough. And for me, who's around a bunch of entrepreneurs all the time, self-employed borrowers, I know for a fact, I'm like, that guy crushes it. No matter what happens in this economy, this guy's going to be able to repay his loan. I promise you, that's just not how lenders look at it. So right. um, unfortunately, um, it's a lot easier. You know, you work a W-2 job, you're a nurse, so you work for the state. It's just a lot easier to get get loans that way.
1: Okay. I'm glad you explained that. Like that way, that actually, that, that makes a lot of sense. And like uh, one idea that uh, has been proposed to me is that through your self-employment is that you have someone like cut you a check. So like you're paying yourself so that taxes come out. So it becomes almost like a W-2, which I thought that's a pretty good idea because like you said, it's it's hard to track that stuff. And for lenders to go, oh, yeah, you know, what, where you can vouch for me, right. the lenders, they've, they've got those set of rules where it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I I don't know him from Adam and <laughs> right. that and doesn't what, fit inside my box.
2: Yeah. And what happens to because people are always telling me like, man, my business does 100,000 a year. Why can't I get a loan? If you're self-employed and you file a Schedule C, you did 100,000, but legitimate and your CPA is great and giving you every legitimate write-off you can have, your bottom line is 17,000. So the good news is you're only paying taxes on seventeen thousand. The bad news is, to a lender, you look like somebody who makes sixteen hundred dollars a month or whatever that okay. math works yep. out to. There um, it goes. Yeah, and so and so that's that's kind of the thing. Is do you want to pay the IRS in taxes or do you want to qualify for home loan? You you know it's 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 one or the other. Um, you you got to you got to pay and qualify or don't pay and don't qualify, and and you got to be on one side of the fence. And so it's, it's just hard. It's, it, it's, it's always been hard. And in 2021, it's even harder. There's no real fix for it except for, um, you know, run a really successful business, have a humongous top line and, and, and have your bottom line fall in the six figures or whatever it needs to be to qualify. But, um, most good lenders will be able to look at it. And what will happen a lot of times for me and my clients is let's look at 19, look at 20. Tell me what you think 21 is going to look like. And I'll say, okay, well, based on what you're planning on filing for 21, you'll be able to qualify for a mortgage of this size, or you'd have enough income to qualify. You know, you could, you could do rough math and say, my new mortgage payment's going to be $2,200 a month. And I've got 300 a month in debts. What does my income side need to look like? Because yeah. it's all just math. It's all a calculation and it's fuzzier when it's self-employed. Because if you work for the state and you make 72.84 a month, that's what the underwriter puts. 72.84 a month. It's easy. Exactly. You okay. know, if you're self employed and it's like this year was this amount, this year was that amount. <laughs> take the average, you know, and they start, you know, doing the Pythagorean theorem on your on your income.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so what did COVID uh like teach you, or what were the challenges that you had from your business standpoint? Was you know, I I imagine you would be deemed essential,
2: yes. Right. And so we were essential. And I've got an office in Folsom that I have not missed a day. And I was I was being really safe because nobody else was showing up. Just just little old Matt the mortgage guy was here. And so I was all by myself. Um for mortgage people, blessed beyond belief that when COVID hit, interest rates went down and it opened the floodgates for refinance. And even though, you know, there was a little bit of stall in people purchasing homes because they couldn't get inside of them. Everybody in mortgage who has an established business and, you know, any sort of database, any sort of reputation just had their best year ever, um, myself included. So um, it's been, it's been great. I'll tell you what to something that I really, really enjoy about mortgage besides the numbers, besides um, all the different people I work with is like true impact. I was talking to my team about that today and, and one of my team members spent five weeks back and forth and back and forth. And, and it was really hard for this client to get documents to us. And I told the Tina on my team, I said, Tina realize that this person, cause I, I, I helped him and his sister buy his first house and then they sold it and he bought this nicer house, nicer neighborhood. And now we're going to help save a few hundred dollars a month. This is somebody who would not be served if it wasn't for somebody like Tina on the team, willing to get a text message from mom like every four days with different documents and then, you know, text or fax or however he was trying to get in the documents. And so, you know, this guy from Humble Means, he's he's immigrated from, from Mexico, you know, was so excited when he bought his first house, sold that and bought a nicer house. Now he's going to refinance, he's going to save a few hundred dollars a month. I know that type of stuff is impactful for him because he's going to save money and buy another house. He loves real estate. And so that's the kind of stuff that really, uh, continues to keep me like pushing to serve more and more and more people. Cause I'll tell you a story, Steve, and I'll try not to get choked up, but I had a client who was, uh, buying a house and she raised three kids after those three kids left the house, she adopted four. And of those four, two of them were special needs. And so this lady, you know, her, her email was about adopting for God's love. Just one of those people where you're like, this is a, a, an angel walking on earth, right? Helped her buy this house where she was in tears at closing because when you're renting a house, you can't make doorways wider for somebody in a wheelchair. You can't you know, have the house be equipped for somebody with special needs and autism and, and one in a wheelchair. And so she was crying when we bought the house. And that's not even the part that made me cry. The part that made me cry was went through a lot of life stuff, was going through a divorce. She couldn't afford this mortgage payment on her own, but she had a husband that was going to be completely out of the picture Four adopted kids that she had poured her life into and helped raise that, you know, she didn't know where they're going to go. We were able to help her qualify for a refinance, remove the mortgage insurance, lower the rate, save $900 a month. Me and her cried for 10 minutes on the phone. That's what it's all about. she, she was so happy. And, and that story touched me so much that, you know, I actually reached out to the lender who I think is going to do like a story on how brokers, you know, help people because brokers got a bad, you know, bad rap. Oh, six, oh, seven, oh, eight, you know, all oh, mortgage brokers are scum and they're just trying to rip people off and get people in these bad loans. Like that's the type of stuff that mortgage lenders are doing in 2021. And, you know, I feel really good about that. And, you know, I could tell you a hundred examples. There was an example recently where a part, a, a member of a mortgage broker community that I'm in is in Texas. He does a lot of stuff with veterans. He does a lot of stuff to help, um, you know, a bunch of different charitable organizations. He was at a mortgage broker event in Georgia where the president of that mortgage brokerage in Georgia said, Chris, how much, how much, uh, would 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 it take to shave your beard he's got this huge beard and he's like part of beard groups and he loves it right it's like this big old long thing it's like his baby and (laughs) everybody knows like you can't put a price on that and he said if you donate a hundred thousand to this charity i'm involved in i'll do it and the owner of that mortgage company in georgia said you're on and not only to get the hundred thousand dollar donation but then people in the room five thousand one thousand two thousand they raised like a hundred fifty thousand for this charity and so like I shared that story with the hope that like, this is what mortgage brokers of 2021 look like. Mm -hmm. Good people doing good work. Okay. Um, I
1: just, this is what's coming to my mind. Matt, the mortgage guy, a numbers guy with a personal connection. Right. I don't know what's your motto because it's got to be somewhere in there. You know, you know,
2: what's funny is it used to be connecting people and, and connecting people in homes, one loan at a time.
1: Okay. All right. But,
2: but I think, I think like nowadays where people want like, Push a button, get mortgage, and they want technology. It's got to be something with like high tech, high touch.
1: Gotcha. Because, like, because, gotcha.
2: because, because we're in the people business and we yep. want to help people. And so it's like we've got plenty of cool tools. You can, you can do your online application you could upload the doc securely and and our flowify portal gives your agent access to pull your pre-approved letter so we got all the high tech but we also have high touch so I'll, I'll work on a good tagline for you because I need one I think
1: I love it I yeah I'm just <laughs> I'm loving this and I hope people are really listening in because uh you you are dispelling that belief of of what that stigma is and that burns me up about things like there's certain jobs where there's this stigma that just, it settles in and it just stays there. Like it seems like forever. And even in my experience where we did not get to the finish line uh, with the mortgage, I, I have to say my biggest takeaway is, and her name was Joey and she was amazing. And, and I said, I, I asked her, I'm like, man, I'm so sorry. You know, yeah, this is not going to work. And I, you know, do we owe you something? She's all, no, no, I, I wanted to get you to the finish line. We didn't do it, but uh no, yeah. It's all, it's I know it's,
2: right. it's it's I've experienced like, I've experienced that more lately than ever because of this whole covid thing and I had a client who's like a childhood friend self-employed and it was similar you know where we went yeah. through it and they just cut the heck out of her income being self-employed um her husband gets a uh, once a year bonus that hadn't come this year and so the lender just lenders are are more strict and she felt terrible for our time. And I said, no, 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 we feel bad that we couldn't get a loan done for you. And it's like right. this back and forth where, you know, let's revisit it at a later date. But um, I get that general feel from like the mortgage industry as a whole. It's it's funny because it used to be super easy. So like your waiter in 2006 and 2007 was also a loan originator because it was just super easy. It got harder. and And I'm glad the barrier to entry got a little bit higher, right? For mortgage loan originators. But now when there's all this stuff in place where you've got, you know, you can't really place somebody in a bad loan. People are getting loans 2021 with me or with anyone else. They're getting a good loan. You've got really good people trying to do good work. Who are working in mortgage for the most part. They're still bad apples, but you know, the like you said, the whole stigma that's just, you know, you think that everybody's Wolf of Wall Street or or that other the big short, right? We're just we're just all mortgage brokers from the big short, just trying to put people in bad loans and sink the ship. Matt the mortgage guy, Matt
1: Goujet is with us. He's our guest. It is episode 28, segment two in the books. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish strong. We are primarily going to look at the YouTube channel that has been a huge success for Matt. And you heard him talk about it in segment one. It wasn't really anything he was uh, looking to monetize, (laughs) but it really has turned into something nice. And the beautiful thing about either podcasts or doing something on YouTube is you do these elements, you do this content, and it stays there forever. It's there forever to be able to view. And of course, things do change in mortgage, but when you watch his videos, it's like, For someone like myself that doesn't have quite the education I think I should have in this department, it is good to lean on people like Matt. So we're very appreciative of him. And again, he is a Sacramento guy. House Real Estate, R5 Stitch and Print, Pit Boss Jerky. They are the proud sponsors of Experience the Buzz. We're going to hear a little bit more about R5 and Pit Boss in this next break. And then we'll come back with the final segment with Matt Gouget. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. This segment is brought to you by R5 Stitch and Print. Owners Troy and Jamie Rousey live, work, and support local. And when I talked to Troy about being a sponsor, he said, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you make it conversational? So that's what I'm doing. I'm making it conversational right here within a commercial. So I hope that captures what we need to do. Here's what you need to know about R5 Stitch and Print they specialize in screen printing, embroidery, banners, and patches, amongst other things. State of the art embroidery machines. I can second that because I went out last summer, checked it out. Troy showed it to me. It is top of the line, state of the art. R5 Stitch and Print, they're very simple. Find out the customer needs and then from there solve their printing needs. R5 Stitch and Print, a proud sponsor of Experience the Buzz. This segment brought to you by Pit Boss Jerky, a proud sponsor of Experience the Buzz. Big thank you to Joe Green. No, not that Joe Green of the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, I'm talking about the local Pit Boss, Joe Green. Pit Boss Jerky is a local jerky company. Now, when you think of beef jerky, sometimes it's a little tough, maybe not tough enough. You like something right in the middle. Well, guess what? This is it right here. Pit Boss Jerky. And not only that, we're talking not one, not two, not five, not even ten. 11 different flavors including the newest flavor island teriyaki i will say that raspberry apple chipotle is my favorite and then check this out there's even one that is called the keto mix which is soy free and mixes in three of the pit boss jerky flavors pretty good stuff the staple is pit boss perfection and then you have sweet summer honey gold sweet and smoky little heat big heat herb and smoke pepper, garlic. And there you go. 11 flavors. I think I got them all pit boss jerky, proud sponsor of experience the buzz.
0: Like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss an episode of experience the buzz by clicking the subscribe button. Now this podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now back to the show.
1: What a great conversation that has been, And, uh, I tell you, this is why I decided to do podcasting is being able to talk to people like Matt Gouger, uh to my fault um, because of what I do. I, I admit that I have thousands of what I like to call surface relationships. <laughs> I get to see these people within what I do and, you know, I try to get into Deeper conversations, but it, it's not possible because I'm probably running somewhere, and the same for the other people too. Uh, but to be able to do this podcast and take someone like Matt, who I met uh, through Buzzard ball, he was a sponsor, and now just really getting to uh, find out what he's all about—that's the price of gold. And uh, Matt, I really appreciate this time that you're giving me here, and uh, you know, this YouTube channel that you have is dynamite. And I know you spoke a little bit about it in the opening segment. But uh, kind of take us through the process because here you are managing a company, but then you got this another arm that's a YouTube video. And and listen, you said you started out with iMovie, but I've I've watched the recent ones and it's looking good. You have stepped up. <laughs> well, your yeah, game.
2: it's it's been it's been upgraded, but you know it all started. And I like to remind people of this because it's like you don't need a lot to start. And, and people for whatever reason. And and this is what I point people to. If they ever tell me like, no, I don't want to do a video. I'm not comfortable. It won't turn out great. Just, just take action. If you look at some of my first videos, I've done it recently just for fun. Absolute garbage. Like you go and you sort <laughs> by oldest and you look like the audio is terrible. The video is terrible. The content really isn't that good. But the important part is, is I got all the at-bats so that, number 50 was better than number one and the number 100 was better. And now it's probably close to 400 videos and it's, it's cool because what it started off as just me trying to educate myself and anybody who's heard that once you learn something, you teach it to somebody else, it kind of ingrains it in your head. And that was literally my idea was as I was brand new in mortgage, I thought to myself, well, when I learned the self sustainability rule about FHA, I'm going to, Spend 20 minutes learn about it. Then I'm going to talk about it in a video. It's going to get ingrained, and then I'm going to learn about you know the the guidelines for how long we got to wait after a foreclosure or short sale. I'll take 20 minutes, study it, make a video. It's ingrained, and I did that to help myself become better. And guess what? I became better. And you know, there's a quote that hangs up on my wall from Jim Rome about your level of success will rarely exceed your level of personal development because success is something you're attracted by the person you become. Literally, my whole goal in mortgage has been just get better every single day. And YouTube was a huge part of that. I had no aspirations for views, for subscribers, for anything. This was all a personal development thing that I was doing for myself, really. Then as I started to get some traction, I started to get some views. I started to realize people are asking the same questions. And then a realtor asked me about something and I go, oh, hey, here's something I made. I shoot a YouTube video over and then it starts to add that little bit of like, okay, he's an expert in this field because he's got, you know, videos and content on this stuff. And then clients would ask questions. And I literally for years just took questions that I got. Oh, I've gotten that question three times last 10 days. I should make a video, make a video. And then I'm getting Louisiana, Florida, New York. Thank you. Thank you. So helpful. So helpful. I felt good about that. I could only lend in California, Steve. I can't, I can't make money from these people in other states, but it felt good to know that I was providing value. Then as it's growing more and more, one in 20 is from California. And now I can do a loan for a guy down in down in San Diego. And I do a loan for somebody in Long Beach. I do one in San Jose. And I start to realize like, oh gosh, this is going to create some business too. And, you know, what's, what's happened too is, is I tell people this, like you – as in any business, but mortgage is my business. You want to create relationships where people like and trust you. They're going to do business with you because they like and trust you. I could sit on the phone, have a 20 minute conversation with you, tell you some things about mortgage. And you're going to be like, you know what? I like Matt and I trust him. I think I'm going to, I'm going to use Matt next time I buy a house. I can do that with 5,000 people all at once. And I've gotten some of the coolest stories, Steve, where somebody is in a different county. Someone's in Merced, Modesto, Fresno, and they are planning on buying a house in four months. On every lunch break, they sit with two other people from their office and they're watching my videos. And she told me, she goes, Matt, we've watched 40 of your videos over the last three months, and all of us are huge fans. All that time, like all that time, I'm building trust. And, and and reputation with somebody who's 300 miles away or wherever the heck Modesto is <laughs> probably yeah. 100 miles away. Yeah. And, um, and so that was like the cool part for me. So I started really, you know, like uh, most other things I've done in mortgage, whether it be open houses, networking events, um, different pieces of software I've used, you try it. And it either works or it doesn't. If it works, you push harder. If it doesn't work, you discard it. YouTube, as I started to see some value in it last year, I thought, okay, maybe I can learn some things about how to push this out to more people. People are finding value in it, and you title it a certain way, and and more people see it. You put certain description, more people see it. Um, and and really, it's you know not not a tech guy, but any stretch of the imagination, but through just trial and error. And that's always been my, my thing It's like, I'm not afraid to try stuff and just, it'd be terrible. You know, I've never tried putting my face on a shopping cart to get business, but I've tried just about everything else. And, uh, <laughs> you know, some stuff is great being on a scorecard at a golf uh, place probably didn't provide much of an ROI, different, you know, Facebook ads that were ran, you know, whatever, but YouTube is reaching a mass audience all at once. And then, you know, I think what's cool about it too, is I realized I'm not the mortgage guy for everybody. Some people want somebody who talks slower. Some people want some people that, you know, maybe have less energy or something. And so I'm just putting my message out to everybody and a certain amount are going to be attracted to it. Some are going to be like, no, thanks. This guy's, he's kind of crazy. Such a key point. Right. Such a key point. You know, you put it out there you know, in volume. And the people that do kind of vibe with you are going to come and say, Hey, Matt, I've been watching your stuff. You know, you provided me value. And that's how any business gets people in the front door, provide value. And people will walk through your front door, whether you're selling custom benches or, or mortgages. And so um, I've really put the hammer down since September. And one key piece of advice that people might not know is I never thought about monetizing, like actually having ad revenue come in from YouTube because I've got a successful mortgage business where quite honestly, I don't need it. Right. But somebody told me, Hey, YouTube takes 45%. So they're incentivized to push your video only if you're monetized. If you're not monetized, they're not making any money by your video being seen by more people. So I think last September I had enough subscribers and enough like hours watched where I could be monetized. So I did that. And then you look at the the metrics. You're like, oh, YouTube started showing it to more people. What do you know? When they're incentivized where they're going to make some ad revenue alongside you and almost be 50-50 partners, they show it to more people. And then now it's just messing with that algorithm and like, people want to know about the housing market. People want to know whether they should buy in 2021. People want to know about the CFPB Act and how that's going to affect the housing market going forward. Make content that people want to see and want to watch and get value from and it's going to get pushed
1: but again too time hard work consistency and the right. willingness to fail like you said just get better each time like you said video number 1 pales in comparison to video number 100 which i know that was just watching that you could tell on your face like can't believe we've got here <laughs> video 100 <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know but really that's what happens and and really staying in the game and so now i believe what you're doing do you do twice a
2: week and well, then, I, I, what you- I, 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 I told myself too, and this is the thing about me is, is when I set my mind to do something, I started doing YouTube live every Monday at five o'clock. And okay. my wife knows like once Matt says every Monday at five o'clock, every Monday at five o'clock, you will see me on YouTube live, you know, committed to my coach. I'm going to try it for at least 12 or 15 weeks. I've seen a little bit of how, it's been helpful. Last Monday I went two hours and 40 minutes, just did a QA with subscribers and people watching. Wow. It was so much fun. And it was, I, I think to myself, like, how much more valuable can it get than to have a live mortgage professional? Not just anyone. You know, I like to think that I'm something special because I do a lot of mortgages and I feel like I've seen a lot, so I know a lot. Yes. But answering people's questions live, it was, it was so cool. And so I'm gonna continue doing it. And it was one of those things where I've tried other stuff that didn't work and I just shut it off. And, and I've tried things like this, you know, YouTube live that works, but back to your question is I committed to two a week and I've probably averaged four a week for the last few weeks, because like I was telling another buddy of mine, like there's so much stuff changing. There's so much stuff happening where like the CFPB talks about what they're going to do with people in forbearance. That's something I want to talk about. Something I know people are curious about. So I'm going to make that video and then somebody else announces, you know, something's going to happen with investment property loans are going to get more expensive it's important. I'm going to talk about it. So two, two a week minimum. And just from what I'm, I'm learning and I'm like trial and error, like most things I do, the stuff that's really, you know, time sensitive, I'm not even editing anymore. It's just like record it and put out that video, push it out. Right. Because, um, you know, if it's good content, it's, it's going to get pushed. And if it's good, relevant, like right now, content, even more so.
1: (laughs) Okay. But here's what I love. The one of the videos I saw great opening. Okay. You, you have a caricature, which is great because actually that was an idea that came up on me about, I think last summer I decided to do that just because I knew I catered to kids and kids (laughs) like cartoons. and It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it.
2: Um, and then you also have a jingle. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to, I've got to find where that jingle is because, um, when I first was doing my videos, and it was all me, I told you oh it was iMovie, gosh. right? I had <laughs> intro, outro, and then that funny little jingle. I don't know where that audio is. I don't know oh, where you, to find you it. You got it. That's gold, man. That I, is you gold. You probably pluck it off another YouTube video and then, and then put it back. Sure. But when you're now, ready you- to apply, call Matt Morgan's <laughs> guy. <laughs> All right. I'm bringing it back. I mean, you know it's not, what? It's not in the new videos. It's coming back.
1: You got to bring that back. That's so old school. I love yeah, that. Right. Yeah. No, but I loved, I, I was watching. I said, I love how he's, he's putting in these little nuances that just, I think, make it extra special and show that you care. And so, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. So people, you got to check it out. So it's Matt, the mortgage guy, it's on YouTube and, uh, we're going to get all his information. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, we're going to do rapid fire and then come back to it. I just want to make sure we didn't miss anything. I don't think so so
2: much. I just, I just encourage people to go check it out. I, I thoroughly enjoy answering questions and you know that I enjoy it when I'm answering questions across the country. I can only lend in California, only do business California, but I probably, you know it's getting to the point now where i've responded to every single comment and i'm a big gary v fan like you so yeah. i know what it's like to grind and answer a hundred questions from 11 to 12:30 at night but if i'm answering questions for people all around the country. Rest assured, if you're a Sacramento local or in California, you go to the top I'm more the list, than happy right? to. help yeah. you. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> Without a doubt. OK, so rapid fire is just a little fun way to kind of finish out what has been a great conversation about uh, you, obviously, and about mortgage and and really uh, taking care of those stigmas that uh, maybe a lot of people might have. About the business. I think you've done a good job in describing that it's uh, definitely not that. Uh, it is a personal business like many other businesses that you see around the world. So, with rapid fire, we just ask funny questions like, you know, let's start it off. I always like to kick it off with your very first job. Now, I know you mentioned paper routes and selling gum and stuff. What was your very first paid job?
2: Very first paid job was Boston Market over on Fair Oaks. Let's go. Yep, yep. I, me and my buddy Dave ran the drive-through. I had so much fun. And I was a math nerd, so I just wanted to know that like three ninety-nine dollars quarter, quarter white, quarter white? Yeah, it's like quarter white meat chicken with two sides. It was 3 dollars And whatever tax was back then, the total was four thirty. dollars I just want to know like $4.30, 5 dollars <laughs> whatever. I I knew the tax before anybody had to ring it into the computer. Oh, my gosh.
1: All I can remember is the cornbread. Cornbread was dynamite there. Yeah. It's
2: still there too. That that little Boston market right. is still there. Yeah, it's good Okay, stuff. so
1: Boston, Boston market, the first job. I
2: like that. Four twenty five an hour back in 1995, I think. Wow. Wow, times
1: have changed. Yep. All right, let's move on to music. Your first and best concert. First
2: concert was? I think it was Papa Roach. Papa Roach, really? Remember Papa Roach? They were local. Oh. They're like Vacaville. Oh yeah, absolutely. In right. fact, yeah, I, 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 I live with kids some buddies playing buzzer ball. Right when I when I was on, um, oh, is Kobe got kids playing buzzer ball? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Because I feel like I've I've seen him in Uriah's gym before, so I know he's a, in and around. But um, yeah, me and my buddies, we we rented Papa a house Roach. on Forty Eighth Street um, when we mm-hmm. were at Sac State, and we just love Papa Roach. And I think we went to a, a you know the Cattle Club that used to be there on Fulls yeah. Boulevard. They'd play there, and then we'd like go to Santa Cruz, watch them in Santa Cruz. Very cool. And yep. what was your favorite concert? You know what? I went to a concert at ARC Arena, Rage Against the Machine. La- oh, oh man. It was so much fun. Oh, what year was that about? Probably around t- from 98 to 2000. I must have been 18 to 20 or something.
1: I'm telling you. Yeah. That's a band I wish I could see.
2: Yeah. That was fun.
1: Man. Because those those songs are just like, yeah, yeah, that brings the rebel out in you and (laughs) everything. Good call on that. (laughs) All right. Your
2: favorite binge. Favorite Favorite binge? binge?
1: Yeah. Or your latest binge, whatever is currently happening. Are we talking about
2: like food? Are we talking about TV?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. TV. Yes. Okay.
2: My wife knows that I'll just sit and watch UFC. And UFC puts out so much stuff now. Oh, yes, that It's do. just like endless. I just told her, I was like, it's just every weekend now. Every weekend there's an event.
1: And you don't watch boxing, I imagine. Right? No. Yeah. Unless, no, unless unless yeah. there's
2: celebrity uh, YouTube boxing matches. Which yeah, is, there we go. This Saturday, this <laughs> Jake Saturday <Paul> or
1: something. <laughs> yeah, Jake Paul
2: and Ben Askren. That'll be fun. I, I I don't mind admitting that it's just like in the 80s when I watched WWE, when they put together celebrity stuff. I'm just there for the drama. I enjoy well, it. Sorry.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. To me, wrestling is still real. It's yeah. still real. <laughs> All right. So as we finish out, uh, Matt, uh, just like kind of, takeaways and stuff like, you know, something that you can impart upon the listeners. And even if it's a repeat of what you've already said, first of all, maybe speak to mortgage to people. And then just overall as an entrepreneur, you've hit a lot of good things, but I always like to give uh, the guests the last word.
2: Huh? I mean, I think that like the energy that I'm getting from this interview is just enjoy what you do. Talking about what I do, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy like the you people aspect, like I told you about, I enjoy the numbers and, and digging in and, and knowing that I'm, I'm truly helping people out. And so, um, I think that that's something that people should, should strive towards. And more often than not, you just hear about folks that are just like, you know, somewhere in some stat somewhere, they talk about like depression levels and people hate Mondays cause they don't want to get into their job. I work, you know, I get in the office at eight o'clock and we're going to be on this call until nine. I told my lovely wife, I've got a few things to do left, you know, so it might be a 14 hour day, but I'm having fun doing it. And then uh, I'm, I'm finding the balance on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I leave early because I coach little league baseball. I'm at all the jujitsu practices. Um, so do what you love and find time for family. That's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to say as, as parting words.
1: I love that. Good stuff. And how can people find you? What are the different ways people can find you? I
2: think the best way is send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T at mattthemortgageguy.com when you type out math, guy.com. Yes. There's three T's in a row. Um, the <laughs> MTMG uh, website, they wanted $18,000 for, it. I didn't want to fork over 18,000 for it. So um, if you send me an email there, My office manager will either get you a calendar link or something to get a hold of me. Um, If this is going to be more local folks, I don't mind a call or a text message at 916-529-7600. Just know that, you know, podcast interviews, scheduled calls, all the other stuff that I'm doing, it might be a little bit of a delay. If you send me an email, it gets onto my calendar. It gets to me. So it might be the better way. And then subscribe to the channel, if nothing else, to go on there and look over, you know, different videos. Uh, It's it's funny because people find my YouTube and they watch a video. They say, "Hey Matt, what about this?" And I go, "Well, I made a video on it." And YouTube's got a great little thing where you go search across this channel and you type in, you know, FHA loans. You type in pros and cons of conventional loans. I'm up to I got to be like at 400 videos, and I'm going to keep making them. And and what I'm going to do, like I've always done, people ask me questions. I'll make a video on it because more likely than not, I've made some videos. (laughs) that are so niche. Someone's like, what about a mortgage recast? And I made one recently. YouTube hated that video. Nobody wants to know about that, but somebody asked me about it. So I made a video on it. (laughs)
1: Hey, you got to give it to the people, right? Right, right. Exactly. Give the people what they want. Well, and that's the thing too, because you, you said, you know, you've done 400 and, and there might be repeats, but you said things are always changing right. and, and really you're freshening up. So, you know, it's not, it's not like you're going to refer them back to video number two that was talking about whatever, you know, you'd rather have a fresh version of that. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. And I like to think that I'm a better version of me than I was three yes, years ago. There you so, go. Yeah.
1: And make sure, make sure, bring back the jingle.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, okay.
1: You got to bring back the jingle. You heard
2: it here first. The jingle's coming back.
1: Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> everybody, Matt Gouget, Matt, the mortgage guy. What a great conversation. That's all I got for now. Talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Thank you for joining Steve this week on Experience the Buzz. Steve would love to hear from you. Leave a review or contact Steve directly with any questions at scbuzzard@gmail.com. at gmail.com. To see the other adventures of Steve Buzzard, be sure to visit buzzardball.com.